Hello, I'm M. And I'm Eyes. And welcome to our brand new podcast, Tipples and Tolkien. Let us be your guides as we return to Middle Earth this fall with the premiere of the new Amazon show, Rings of Power. We'll discuss episodes with you, tell tales of old, and even bring you a brand new tipple recipe every week to enjoy. You can find us on all major podcast platforms, as well as Twitter, which is at Tipples Tolkien, that is T-I-P-P-L-E-S T-O-L-K-I-E-N and Instagram at Tipples and Tolkien. So cozy up, pour yourself a drink, and come on a journey with us this fall on Tipples and Tolkien. Previously on Second Edition One. That was your cue, Kitsy. What was what was I supposed to do? That was the perfect moment. Oh! Oh, oh we God. have we have multiple <laughs> traders contacts. This is season three. I have one job. Action stations, action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. Repeat. Action stations, action stations. Set condition one throughout the ship. This is not a drill. The Cylons were created by man. They rebelled. They evolved. They look. And feel. Human. Some are programmed to think they are human. There are many copies. copies. And they have a plan. Action stations. Action stations. Set condition one throughout the podcast. Welcome to Set Condition One, a Night Shift Radio original. I'm your host and SC1 actual Caleb. And joining me, actually apparently from the CIC, is the XO Kitsy. Hang on, wait. <laughs> oh no. I'm pulling up I'm pulling up the transcript um, so I can Oh my god, you were supposed to be prepared. You're not gonna find it. I know. I, I said I was ready and I wasn't. I'm so sorry. Uh come back to me. <laughs> You're gonna struggle bust this, and I'll tell you why in a moment. Uh and of course, also as always, the former president of the podcast. Or sorry, the former president <laughs> of, the, of the colonies, but always oh, wait, I found it. I the found president it. of the podcast and our hearts, Andrea. Thank you, Caleb. Your Freudian slip is showing. If you want to get rid of me, just say so. Well, I thought I found it. I thought maybe we'll come back to you. Okay. <laughs> I thought perhaps the uh, the room of drying meat that I'm. Uh, <sighs> recording from tonight might be the uh the thing to finally drive you yep. to madness I, I, if anything i'm gonna take a screenshot i just need to so everybody why does the thing come up i don't want it there we go <laughs> i've never used a computer before so bear with me what's a computer the fuck is the internet this isn't the verge cast the little <laughs> stupid caleb i know it's your favorite but google meet really grinds my gears Get it? Google meat. Meat. Because my background is dry-aged beef. Why is it dry-aged beef? (laughs) What did I do to deserve this? Uh, Okay, Kitsy, go ahead. I know, goddammit, I know. You don't have to keep running your mouth about it. I get it, all right? (laughs) Good good pick, good pick. Yeah. So I I assume in part you were uh, struggle-busting finding the transcript because uh, I have very sad news uh, for for you and for our listeners. Uh, Sadgeezer.com apparently does not have the transcript for this episode. I searched and I searched and I even searched on their their page and not just relying on what the Google tells me. And uh, it wasn't there. I I did find it on subslikescript.com. Hey, that's where I am. um, Which is a more cleanly formatted uh, transcript page, but it puts it all in a text box that you have to scroll infinitely through, and that was driving me nuts. So uh, I, uh, I just copied and pasted it into a Google Doc and like, took out all the formatting and everything. <laughs> it also doesn't uh, tell you who's saying what. It's just the lines, yep. which is a little frustrating. Yeah. It's hard to say that something is an inferior uh, transcription uh, to set user, but this one does... This one does the job. Also, also going back to what Caleb just said, a sea captain walks into a bar with the ship's wheel down his <laughs> pants, and the bartender goes, why do you have a ship's wheel down your pants? And the sea captain goes, I don't know, but it's driving me nuts. <laughs> it's very good. Very good. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Where, where, where are we? Who are we? What are we today? These are so many questions that need to be asked. 
Yeah. I don't even know what, what day it is. I mean, I know what day it is for us, but I don't even know what day in the future it is oh. for this episode. But here we are, part two of the, the massive cliffhanger of the, the new Caprica story arc uh, of Battlestar Galactica. The More 2000- like Caprica. Oh, you <laughs> got him. You got him good. Because <laughs> it's crappy. It was, Get it? It was pretty crappy there. The thrilling conclusion of this storyline, the epic rescue, uh, and uh, presently we will discuss uh, why this episode contains the greatest moment in all of sci-fi history. <laughs> And also one of the uh, one of the one of the most dramatic but disappointing moments in uh, in all of sci-fi, or at least in this show. Before we get into this, uh, do we have any housekeeping? Anything we need to talk about? We uh, we we as a Night Shift Media Group, we have a Patreon, don't we? Nope. No. Oh, damn it! Fake fake news. <laughs> We absolutely have a Patreon. And the and no subscribers because Kitsy keeps telling them we don't. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> Kitsy wants us all to be poor forever. Exactly. I was listening to an episode that, that came out recently as of this recording. It'll be like a month now since uh, once this goes live. But where I apparently committed Andrea to curating a meat box for anyone who subscribes <laughs> over $45 a month on Patreon. <laughs> And uh, oh, I've been, I hope that happens. I I've been wait. advertising it on Twitter constantly. I'm a man of my word, so you can select I mean, from my uh, <laughs> display <laughs> case of dry aged beef. Here. <laughs> oh, I hate it. Um, you don't have to subscribe to our Patreon to see the photo of me uh, appearing to haunt a. Uh, a cabinet full of dry aged beef. But if you do subscribe, uh, you'll, you'll get... get to see a naked photo of Caleb haunting the dry aged cabinet of beef. No, absolutely Caleb, not. What tier though? So we know that I let them take an eyeball for a million dollars. So the million dollar tier, what's the one for our freaky listeners who want to see somebody naked in front of a cabinet? Of... Oh, not just somebody, Caleb. Well, I didn't want to implicate our listeners in specifically being creeps about caleb but curios and wonders mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what you'll actually get uh is uh episodes of several of our night shift media group uh, podcast shows in advance before anyone else so you'll get to be ahead of uh, of everybody including as well as special this very show including this very show as well as special bonus content from uh, across the network including some behind the scenes looks at some of our cool new non-podcast stuff that we're putting out and like uh, left of the dial live and our recently announced animated series show 17 for humans uh so if that interests you and you're uh, willing and able to uh, show a little support Head on over to nsrad.io slash Patreon and sign up. And, you know, if if you're, you're not interested in that or you just you can't financially commit to that, we understand. But if you, you know, give us a follow on social media, leave us a, a rating and review, make sure you click that subscribe button. All the things that every podcast host says, you know, we get it. But you know what? It does make a difference uh, both in discoverability for us and also just brings a little joy to our hearts. Mm-hmm. And I really do. We're working really hard times. to make that. Yeah, and we're working really hard to make that Patreon worth it. I wouldn't point y'all in that direction if I didn't think there was stuff worth checking out and, and parting with your your hard earned dollars um, for. I think the left of the dial live and show seventeen stuff um, is worth it on its own, and you're going to get a ton of other stuff too. Yeah. So much meat. All that said. <laughs> Previously, on Battlestar Galactica. So, the fleet has their orders. Specifically, Lee has his orders because he's the one that's uh, left behind with the Pegasus to guard the civilian fleet. And if the old man isn't back in 18 hours, just to continue the search to Earth. Not just continue the search, but find Earth. And the, the imperative is given. Yeah, find it. You're not allowed to fail. Um, <laughs> now, that, now that Lee is in charge of the fleet, does that make it the fleet? No. No, no. Because, get it, because Lee? No. The fleet? No. Get it? I don't get it. Can you? Stop trying to okay. make that a thing. It's not, it's not a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you guys. <laughs> 
the space with me. Oh, oh, is it not fun? The show's in space. Is that what you mean? Uh, uh? Yeah. The fleet's in space. The fleet's in space. Oh, fleet, fleet like Lee. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I get it now. Are you are you really just not getting it or are you doing a bit? No, I'm just doing a bit. God damn. But you know who's not one bit uh, happy with this plan? That's Lee, Lee Adama. And, uh, you know, he's he's troubled. He's he's having trouble accepting this, uh, as he tells his wife, Dee. At every time I, I say that, like, just like, oh, they made him Lee and Dee. Like, mm-hmm. come on. That's how you know they didn't plan for the two of them to get married <laughs> in the first place. <laughs> But yeah, he explains, like, he's like, you know what? Like, he's going to face a superior foe, and, you know, the chance of him pulling this off is very slim. And, like, you know, that's just, I think he says, that's just military fact. Yeah, that's, that's not, not opinion. opinion. That's military fact. Mm-hmm. Uh, he says he's taking on too much for one half-strength battle star to handle. And <clears throat> half-strength, honestly... Uh, that's putting it generously for the the state of the Galactica these days because it's it was already you know in aging and in disrepair uh, at the beginning of this war and has taken significant abuse since and half strength in this context is really just referring to the the staffing aboard ship uh, to actually like handle the operations not even like the conditions so this is not a, a battle that the Galactica alone can win. Despite uh, despite the admiral having a really solid plan uh, for at least buying the uh, the civilian fleet's time to get off of New Caprica, yeah, I'm really impressed with well how well orchestrated all of this stuff is. Yeah, uh, but Lee's uh, I'm sorry, D's response to this uh, is is really interesting because she's like, you know what, all we can do is make plans for the future. We've got to survive. We we have to find Earth, and if we don't. There'll be no one left to remember a man named William Adama or a battle star named Galactica. That's our charge to keep, uh, to keep humanity going, no matter what the cost. That's a, a, a tearful way to, uh, to start the episode, but I love the way that, you know, it's, it's telling Lee directly, like, there, there are hard decisions that you need to be prepared to make. And we already have a sense that Lee's not necessarily good at those uh, from his <laughs> short time in command. Uh, but that if he if he pulls this off, uh, he has a chance to like at least honor his father in posterity, even if he can't save him in the now. Oh, they really do set it up like this is it for mm-hmm. Lee and Bill too. I mean, I know they kind of, I almost want to say foreshadowed it because that's how it's being set up, even if mm-hmm. it doesn't necessarily work out that way. Who knows? But um, yeah. I also I, I love that that D even says to him like. And you're going to lead this fleet and you're going to do it because you're an Adama. Like, yes. It's so good. It is. It's so good. Does anybody else get the impression that Dee married Lee because she couldn't marry uh, Papa Dama? <laughs> <laughs> is that just me? Maybe. I don't think that that's unreasonable. But uh, yeah, Andrew, you had really pointed out uh, in the, the last episode how it felt like they were really setting up a final goodbye between father and son here. Uh, and that sentiment carries immediately over into the mm-hmm. first scene of this episode where Lee is like, he's said what feels like the final goodbye, but he's not ready to accept it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, sorry. I got distracted. I was trying to read ahead in the transcript to like get a sense of what to talk about next. And uh, Kitsy, what you had called out with him not uh, not delineating who was saying what lines totally threw mm-hmm. me because uh, it goes right from Lee like you know being like, "All right, now let's talk about map coordinates and meeting with ship's captains." To uh, one of the insurgents saying, "I lost three men today." I was like, "Jesus Christ!" I don't remember Lee saying that. <laughs> That so wasn't just one of the insurgents. That was uh, that was Anders, the pyramid Sal? player. No, the pyramid player. <laughs> Definitely the pyramid player. Yeah, <laughs> he plays pyramid. Uh, he does. He does. Which has a surprising significance in this episode uh, that I totally forgot about. But yeah, so we're jumping right into uh, you know, the in the insurgent bunker or tent or one of the two. Uh, but yeah, so Anders is like really not. Uh, understandably not thrilled uh, with Ty's reaction to finding out that Ellen sold them out. And like, he, he kind of wants something done. And he's like, look, you know, you know if, if you can't do it, that's understandable, but somebody has to. 
and you know doesn't come out and say what it is. We but all know. We all know. Before he even He's, said that, I jokingly uh, said to Kitsy, I was like, they gotta put her down. Can you imagine if he just killed her right now? Talking and then about, he fucking did. I couldn't believe it. Oh my god. So yeah, and Anders is making the case, you know, like you know, if Sharon had been killed or if you know like any one of the, the people who were like key to the the operation, they wouldn't have been able to get the launch keys. They wouldn't be able to, you know, rescue the, the people. They wouldn't have the pilot. So like all of these things. Uh and this is the the quote that uh, Kitsy found at the beginning where uh, Ty is like, you know, I know, I know, like, fucking, I know. <laughs> shut your pyramid <laughs> <And> hole. So, <laughs> sh- shut your pyramid hole. Uh, and so he, he gets uh, some alone time with Ellen, and she she tries to tries to explain, and she's like, you know, it was it was me. Like, I got you out of the detention center, and you know, I like I just I had to do it to protect you. And she goes into not gross detail, but slightly more detail than I think she needed mm-hmm. to about uh, exactly how she won favor with the uh, the Cavils. But I like the, you know, we, we kind of touched on something like this before, but she says, I, I finally got to the one who was in charge. And like we, I think, have talked a couple times about like how it feels like there is some sort of hierarchy amongst the Cylons and like somebody's making the decisions. Uh, and sounds like... It was at least one, if not a consensus. Uh, uh, what I wonder what a group of cavils would be called. <laughs> a a consensus cattles. of cavils. Yep. But yeah, so she explains the, the whole thing to him, and like, as Ellen pointed out, the whole time Ty's just sitting there with this just like oh. shocked and horrified look on his face. I love the look. He he is so good at that look. Mm-hmm. And again, mm-hmm. with, with only one eye now, he's doing a lot of acting mm-hmm. with that one <laughs> eye, and it's extremely mm-hmm. good. He is heartbreaking from beginning to end of this scene. Yes. But the other thing is, I rewatched this episode again right before we, um, right before we recorded, and I think she knew. I think she knew that, that, he, that she was going to be poisoned. Like, I, I get the impression that like they had a conversation about it and he's like, I have to do this um, because she asks him for the drink and well, kind of like just an alcoholic. I know, but like, <laughs> it's just like the, the, the way, the way they interact makes me feel like she might have known what was happening. Huh? You know, I, I don't have a, a solid argument one way or the other. It feels like a very natural interaction between them. I mean, he pours the drink, but he, he pours only one drink and he sits down next to her and he doesn't drink it, which is uh, very out of character <laughs> for Saltai. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, after she makes her uh, confession, she's, and when she says, I'd do it again, I'd frack anybody, do anything, even give them the map. I didn't want anybody to be killed. And then she just like looks at him. She's like, I could use a drink. And he just hands her, the one that he had and she keeps talking and this is where like it it makes me really unsure because she keeps talking as though like nothing has happened nothing has changed and as though he's just accepted her like her confession and her apology and then she's just like you know i'm exhausted i feel like i could just curl up here and i should have listened to you Saul. we should have stayed on galactica and he's just you just go to sleep (laughs) My God damn it! God you don't worry it. about that now. <laughs> oh. uh. Tell me about the rabbits, Saul. And you know what? Like, as much as we have like shat on and dunked on her as a character through like her whole arc, like this was still just heartbreaking. I think more for oh. Saul yeah. than for the loss of Ellen, for yeah. sure. No, I'm uh, I'm glad she's but, gone. But like seeing him struggle with it was rough. I like it would have been easier to a degree, I think, for him and for like the audience if, if like you know she had gotten like caught in the crossfire mm-hmm. on the escape or something like that. But for him to be the one to have to oh, do yeah. it, ah, and like we've already talked about how the experience on New Caprica has changed and really kind of uh, not. Uh, not from an alcohol standpoint, but from a personality standpoint, really sobered Sultai. Uh-huh. 
And I feel like the, there's no way this doesn't like leave a lasting oh, no. mark. I know. Now I think I think we're going to see a very different salt high in the uh, in the next two seasons. Boy, did he break my heart. I I mean I cried mm, continuously throughout this episode. I think, but I I, mean, I was I, I couldn't get over that part. First of all, I was like dumbstruck. Um, at at first, I couldn't. I kept being like, did he really just, is that, and he did, and it was, and oh boy. Mm-hmm. It's funny, because in my mind, I feel like I remembered it being a more, if not violent, a more, like, tumultuous end. Yeah. Like, a gunshot, or, like, a strangle, or mm-hmm. something like that, and to have it be such this, like, quiet it was like putting a dog like, down. That's what it reminded yeah. me of. Oh, but meanwhile, Gaius Baltar finally gets his "I told you so" <laughs> moment because the like the insurgency like they stopped the mass execution. Uh, they they took out a bunch of Cylons and some of the the key people, you know, Laura Roslin, Tom Zarek, uh, even Callie, who doesn't get mentioned, but was part of this thing, have all gone missing. Nobody knows where they are. And uh, in moments from now, explosions are going to be happening all around the city. And he's like, I, I, I really did told, tell you. Like, I've told you and I've told you. And to what end? Mm-hmm. You were too smug to listen, mm-hmm. too comfortable in your predictions of success. And I love the way that he just rubs it in. Because like, like only he time can. and time again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, like it to hear Gaius Baltar tell someone they were too smug. <laughs> yeah. When Gaius Baltar is telling you you were smug, you done fucked up. You were way too smug. Uh and the some of the silence, I, I think the the less uh obstinate ones are realizing that he's right, but they're like, you know, what would you have us do? And he's like, leave. Yeah. <laughs> Just, just go. fuck off already. <laughs> and, and then there's this whole, like, again, playing into the, this has happened before, it'll happen again. They're like, and then what? You know, we'll leave and you'll, you'll go about your lives in peace, but you'll teach your children and your children's children and your children's children's children until someday they come to hunt us. I'm like, that is some, like, that is some serious paranoia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, like, you listen. Listen, you were wronged. Yes, you were wronged. You fought a war about it. You had an armistice. You fucked off for 40 years. You came mm-hmm. back, destroyed almost this entire civilization on 12 planets, haunted the remaining people across the galaxy, found them uh, on a planet where they finally settled, uh, occupied them again, brutally tortured and like detained them and like led with an iron fist, and... When they say, please just leave us alone, you can't fathom a, a world in which they don't come back for revenge because, uh, lo, whoa, that's all you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, I say that with all the incredulity and all of the, like, judginess <laughs> in my voice, but, like, that's how, like, beautifully nuanced this story is written, that these this, like, race of beings doesn't understand that the... Like the things that they're most afraid of are being reflected and projected in their own actions. Yep. Which is fascinating because that's like <laughs> definitionally how like monstrosity works, right? Like our monsters or symbols mm-hmm. of the things we're afraid of in mm-hmm. our real lives. And to have those monsters, like quote unquote monsters for the Cylons, right? Um, have that same experience but with humanity is is very yeah. f- fun <laughs> maybe that's not the right word but it's interesting and guys it's like this this blood for blood like it has to stop one day and like guys doesn't get a lot of redemptive moments at least up into this point uh, and he's got a lot to redeem for mm. uh, but like in this moment where like everything just feels completely hopeless and he's completely broken and he's just like making this final plea. Like we can just end this now. Like 
it's going to be shit for me no matter what, but like we can end this now. You can just go. We can just stop. Clearly that's not going to happen, but he's right. And then the explosions start. And we have multiple Doritos contacts, so we're going to go ahead and jump to a safe location. Uh, we will embed the jump coordinates in the ad as we always do. So uh, we'll see you at the rendezvous point uh, on the other side. Hey, y'all. President of the podcast, Andrea here. And I want to tell you about a couple of Night Shift Radio shows that we think you're really going to love. First up is a little podcast called Left of the Dial, featuring a couple of familiar voices. Every week, your hosts, Caleb and Kitsy, huh? talk about a different record they love. They also have really incredible guests on all the time. Uh, for example, a recent episode features Max Collins from Eve 6, king of Twitter, and a special surprise co-host. It's me. I'm the surprise co-host. Focusing on new and independent music, Left of the Dial is a great way to find your new favorite band. And I'd also like to recommend the Superpod HeroCast. You looking for something heroic in your life? Go check out our friends at the Superpod HeroCast. They're guys with beers talking about movies with capes. Every episode goes in-depth with a different superhero movie. Classic of modern cinema, certified stinker, it doesn't matter. If it's a superhero movie, they're going to talk about it. You start with a little bit of comedy, add in some film analysis, and finish it off with a heaping dose of geekery. You've got the Superpod HeroCast. doesn't matter if you're a casual fan or a 20th level nerd. Download their latest episode, grab a beverage, and enjoy the fun. The Superpod HeroCast. Be heroic. And of course, you can find these and all of our other great shows at nsrad.io. Because it's rad. And it's like radio. Every time we go into the ad break and you say, so we'll see uh, see you on the other side or you know whatever your wording is, it is like just instinct and I have to bite my tongue to not say, so say we all. <laughs> I know. Because if we, if we all three of us say it, the podcast ends. That's like right. That's, <laughs> it's just, that's, that's the, the rules. rules. <laughs> and like, then this becomes like that much more of a cliffhanger. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> And it'll be even weirder when next week uh, we just go to the next episode and never talk about the rest of this one. Yep. <laughs> we can't be like we can't finish. Sorry. Like it's done. It's over. Rules is rules. Um, so uh, when we left, uh, the explosions had begun, and as we learned in the uh, last episode, the insurgency had planned several uh, key strategic locations, including the detention center, the power plant, and all of these various places, just to to sow chaos and confusion, uh, to give the people time to evac to the ships, uh, to give time for them to to get all the people out of the the detention center uh, who had been held up in Cylon jail, uh, and to give the the rescue effort time to effort a rescue. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. That's not no, how that works. Time to effect a rescue. Um, and speaking of the detention center, uh, did you know that there was a shit ton more people that were still there? I mean... Uh, I thought they decided to kill them all. I assumed there were still people there, because why else would you have a detention center if it was only for Starbuck? I mean... Yeah. I, <laughs> I, I could see mm-hmm. them building an entire jail just for Starbuck. What I want to know... <laughs> what I want to know is... Are everyone else's cells uh, apartments? Because, like... it's a good question. Like, her, the, her cell is, like, right in the same line as everyone else's, but it's an apartment. So, yeah, because we, we saw Ty and Rosalind's mm, cells. And they were just, like, small, like, concrete rooms. Kara's prison was largely mental and emotional. Like, Leoben brought her there to, like, to fuck with her and to break her down. Like, just putting her in, a in like, a box would have done nothing. She would have just been angry and sassy uh-huh. and, like, would have eventually, like, found a way to get out. Like, she would have gotten a guard to reach through the bars, snapped its <laughs> arms off, and used its bones to pick the lock or something. <laughs> that's my girl. That's, that sounds like Starbuck, all right? But, yeah, I mean, he's... Like he had Leoben set this up early on in the, the scene where she interrogates him that you know, like he gives her this like bullshit prophecy and this whole idea of him seeing the future, which uh at this point I'm inclined to believe there's nothing prophetic about Leoben. He simply tells these like flowery somewhat plausible things that he wants you to believe are prophecies in order to uh, to fool you into making them come true and thus believing that he told the future. So yeah, as the, uh, the, the insurgency is uh, breaking all hell loose 
uh, as as they do all around the city. Uh, the Cylons who have formed essentially the uh, the puppet cabinet uh, have decided that they uh, they need to get the fuck out, and uh, all that's left is Six and Gaius and Six. And like, yeah, we can. Oh, that's right, and Gaeta, because he's he's like drawing a picture of like a, su- uh, a rocket a sweet chicken dagger. or something. <laughs> <A> dagger. <laughs> he's drawing his next tattoo idea. Actually, that's what it looks yeah. like. He's 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 sketching up some flash. And Six tries to to convince guys like you know come with me. We can we can start over. We'll we'll you know, build a new city and like like basically like seems to still believe in the idea that brought them to New Caprica. Mm-hmm. Not the not the occupation, but this like pipe dream of human Cylon uh, cohabitation uh, and collaboration and love and joy for all. But uh, guys isn't buying it. He's like, you know, it'll just it, it'll be it'll be buried like the cities of old, consumed by the wrath of God. I'm like, guys is getting poetic this episode. <laughs> well, it's important to note that Deanna offers Gaius a place to come with the Cylons, which he turns down, of course, but, but she's like, Oh, well you were right. That's gotta be worth something, huh? Yeah. But he says he'd rather just sit here and die, which is when Gata mm-hmm. pulls a fucking gun on him. <laughs> Gata is happy to oblige. Yeah. And he's guys does the, the classic, like walks right up to the gun and then like moves it up to like, it's facing his head. And he's like, you know, do it, please, please. I'm begging you. Just do it and uh, get a can. It's because he's a baby. I forget what happens, but there's something with, with Six where he gives gives Gaius the gun and, and says, like, you have one chance to make this right. And I forget exactly what the what but the plan is. He, Gaius, or sorry, Gaeta is, is yelling and kind of accusing Baltar. He's like, you know, you, you turned me into this. You, you made me a... And, I forget Gaius' exact wording, but it's something like, you know, someone who who tried, who did their best. And he's like, you know, give like Deanna is going to, to set off the nuke and that's going to stop any chance that the people have of escaping here safely. I can stop her. That's what it if was. If you'll yeah. let me mm-hmm. go, you can kill me right here or you can give me this one, one chance to, to do something right. And that's when Gata gives him the gun and says like, you got one shot. And, like, like Gata knows that, like, even rescue off the planet doesn't end well for the members of the government who stayed in <laughs> yep. in some form of power during the the silent occupation, which includes him now. Mm-hmm. It does, even though he was uh, the one feeding them information to the resistance. They no don't one know knows that. that, and of course, you know, it, it's super convenient to be like, but I was helping you. <laughs> All it along, like, were you though? Do we know that? We yeah. don't know that. But Bill Adama had a plan. Oh, <laughs> here it comes. And was it ever the moment a Caleb plan? has been so waiting so two good. seasons to talk about? A squadron of raptors jump uh, just uh, inside the nebula and release a series of drones that are configured with transponders to make them look like the battle stars Galactica and Pegasus. Uh, and those drones are sent in to orbit around New Caprica to uh, attract the attention of the two Cylon base stars there in orbit, uh, drawing them away uh, in time so they are not able to prevent the civilian ships from launching. And just as the uh, base stars launch all of their uh, raiders at these uh, raptors, they, they jump away. Mm-hmm. But it's too late for the uh, the Cylons when they realize that two battle stars didn't actually just jump into orbit. What what is Adama doing? Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Bill Adama jumps his fucking ship right into atmosphere and lets it plummet to the ground, relaunching Vipers along the way. And just before it reaches the point of no return, jumps out of the atmosphere and. Yes, so, so cool. good. You told me I the would know goddamn greatest the moment. moment, and it was it like it made my heart feel funny, like in a way that I can't really <laughs> articulate. It's just oh my oh, god! So to see 
a full-on battle star jump right into orbit, just appear and just start dropping and like you see the friction from the atmosphere yeah. and they launch the fighters out during this free fall and then like just jump out and you see the shockwave as they do uh, and then the air is just full of vipers taking out Cylons left yeah. and right and giving the, uh, the people on the ground cover to get out of there and holy fuck like not only is that one of the the best not sorry not only is that the best scene in sci-fi history uh but that is one of the best tactical maneuvers that I have ever seen in any sci-fi or military mm-hmm. show like hands mm-hmm. down fucking brilliant like yeah i mean from the standpoint of like they've got a really old ship that's damaged and like this is going to hurt it further Kind of dumb, but from the standpoint of like, this is the ultimate shock value. I'll never fucking see that coming. <laughs> nope. <laughs> and I do love to, right before they jump, he even says, like, prepare for turbulence. <laughs> <laughs> There's no turbulence like, in turbulence space. Turbulence in space? <laughs> They're not we're in not, space yeah, anymore. I don't think we're in space anymore, Toto. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, also the, uh, I think the first time that we ever get a chance to see a Viper truly fly. Yeah. Yeah. Because they are flying in atmosphere. Mm. Turns out they can do that. Oh, Mm -hmm. what a moment. Oh my God. I'm still like, I've seen it so many times and like, you can actually find that moment on YouTube and like, just watch that. And I've done that (laughs) Uh because I love it so Uh much. Um, and it never fails to just, to, to get my heart racing. And even just thinking about it now. Um, so Galactica does jump back up into orbit and engages with the uh, the base stars. But they are immediately, hopelessly outgunned as two more base stars jump into orbit. They've got a, they've got a fighting chance, though, because the, the, the base stars are attacking without their complement of raiders. Uh, those are still, I think, mostly uh, fighting on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think has a lot to do. I mean, we were seeing squadrons of raiders patrolling the planet before. Yep. Uh, there was the the one group that went after the the raptors. So the Cylons are just kind of spread out everywhere. They just have these four base stars, uh, which in a like without uh, fighter protection, uh, the Galactica is is a match at least one on one, if not possibly one on two. Not one on four. Is, uh-huh. No, they can't take uh-huh. four and. They're taking heavy damage. Their FTL drives get knocked offline, and they you know they can't get out of there because that would have been another great tactic would be to to do like quick jumps mm-hmm. uh, even with the Galactica. Um, the the moment when Adama asks Hilo about jump drives and Hilo just shakes his head no, uh, and Adama's <laughs> like, "It's been an honor serving with oh, you all." Oh God. Yep. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. Mm-hmm. And like he knew going into this that it was a high likelihood of it being a one-way trip, and like when that moment comes, he doesn't hesitate. Yeah, He's I like, we're gonna we're gonna stay in this. We're gonna hold off the the silence till the the last second possible. I honestly don't think he had any intention of coming out of this mission alive. Like no, I think his. He knew. I think he was pretty much like, I'm going to sacrifice myself and my ship and get these people off the planet into the rendezvous point with the rest of the fleet. Right. Which takes us all the way back to the very first episode where he was fully prepared to do that in the beginning of the war. Uh, and without, without Rosalind there to talk him out of right. it, uh, he's ready, ready mm-hmm. to do what he feels like he should have done you know, two years ago. Uh, but just then we get, uh, over the wireless <laughs> Galactica, Ugh. Pegasus, let us take some of the work off your hands, get your FTL up and ready and we'll take care of the rest. And of course the, uh, vastly superior in firepower and, uh, armor and armaments, uh, Battlestar Pegasus, the Mercury class Battlestar, uh, has jumped in to join the fight, uh, against the Admiral's orders and immediately engages these base stars. And there's that fucking moment where, where Adama's like, I guess you, you didn't understand my orders and Lico's never could read your handwriting. 
I'm fully weak again. Uh, I can't. That. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Andrea is sobbing yeah. right now. <laughs> and fucking. Oh, God. But, but Pegasus comes in all guns blazing, yet mm-hmm. surprisingly isn't launching any Vipers. No. Because they've decided to leave all of their Vipers behind to protect the civilian fleet. Which, uh... So, okay. So here's... A, I, I had some other stuff I want to talk about, but I have since uh, watched and sat through and, and thought through uh, half a dozen, at least, other strategies that Leodama could have taken uh, in this fight and walked away with the... Uh, again, vastly superior Battlestar Pegasus still intact, uh, thus securing uh, uh, arguably one of the human fleet's most valuable assets. Mm-hmm. Uh, what he instead does is he gets himself right in the middle of these four base stars and manages to take out like one or two, but like when surrounded by that much firepower without any fighter cover. He makes the decision, and we we get the sense that, like, much like his father, like, he had this planned in advance. He gives the command to abandon ship and sets them on a collision course to take out the the last couple of uh, base stars. And that is the end of the line for the Battlestar Pegasus. Now, of the various tactics that he could have taken, uh, the obvious one would have been to follow the the Admiral's (laughs) orders, which we... Uh, I, I love. Uh, there's another video that I, I desperately want to share with you, Andrea. But this this uh, YouTuber cannot stop himself from dropping unnecessarily sp- uh, spoilers, uh-huh. like right at the end of videos, like just just at a point where like there's enough more to watch that I it's hard to be just like stop okay, it. stop at this moment. Um, but he makes the point, and we touched on this earlier that like. Lee is not the Battlestar commander that his father is. Like, he is not really, like, prepared to make those, like, truly difficult Mm -hmm. choices. Uh, And it's not out of the realm of possibility uh, or the realm of uh, believability to think that Bill Adamo would have stayed away. Yeah. He would have understood that the other Battlestar was going in on a a one-way trip and that his job was to protect the the fleet. And guide the uh, the uh, escaping humans away from the planet, uh, and that would have been really hard for him. But he would have done it. Lee can't do that. Also, arguably, sacrificing the Pegasus to save the Galactica <laughs> is not a good move. Mm. No, it's not. But I guess the show uh, would be kind of boring if we didn't have Galactica for the last two seasons. <laughs> <laughs> had to rename it, and it looked cool as hell happening. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it yeah. did, but. Yeah, there there are other things like you know they, um, both Battlestars had squadrons of Raptors. Raptors have FTL drives and uh, nuclear armaments. They could have done some like crazy maneuvers, jumping in and out of there and dropping nukes. And without their Raiders to protect them, they the base stars would have been uh, significantly more vulnerable to anti aircraft mm-hmm. fire like that. Um, you know they they could have brought some, if not most, or all of their Viper uh, fighters with them uh, and engage the, the base stars that way, letting the battle stars stay mm-hmm. back uh, and utilize their long-range guns more effectively. There's a, a whole slew of ways that they could have protected the, the ship. And you think about, like, that's the ship that has the capability of building new Raptors, oh, sh- or new yeah, Vipers, sure. sorry, and of training new pilots and... Uh, and- has all of is the, the superior <laughs> the firepower and armored ship, yes. like, and uh, the ship that also didn't just uh, drop into an atmosphere <laughs> and half burn. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think battle stars are supposed to do that. Yeah, no, no, it looks amazing, but they're not supposed to do. <laughs> like, that. I'm pretty sure when when whoever designed battle stars designed them, they didn't have that use case in mind. No, no, no. I don't think so. So uh, worth all of worth noting, we I don't think we mentioned this, but Lee does give the order to abandon ship, and they all get off in Raptors yeah. and presumably make it to Galactica yes. alive. Yes, uh, and we do. Uh, we're jumping ahead a little bit, but we do see uh, several of them 
well, the, the characters that we know and care about, uh, they do make yeah. it to do Galactica we think yeah. Lee would have uh, been able to make the tough call and stay away if um, Papadama weren't the one commanding the Battlestar? If, uh, if Starbuck had been commanding, right. yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they keep taking turns trying to kill each other, so. <laughs> he would have he sent Starbuck in, uh, no hesitation. Yeah, he like, see ya. Bye, buddy. Bye. Nice knowing you, pal. <laughs> hey, take Anders with you. Asylum? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> the pyramid player. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, all, all this to say that, like, they, they, they went for the, uh, the flashy and the dramatic. Definitely not the, the, the best tactic. Uh, and I think that that is to the detriment of mm-hmm. the fleet. Um, but it, it tells a hell of a story and it sure, very sure much look cool. It looks so cool. Yeah. It, it very much cements what we already knew and suspected about Lee's commandability. Mm-hmm. Uh, that when it, when it comes down to it, he's, he's going to make a decision that, uh, isn't always the right one. But down on the surface, the uh, the people are fighting back. And remember, I told you the pyramid plays an important role. Uh, is that we find out that the insurgency had actually buried a bunch of weapons under the pyramid court. Yep. <laughs> they they uh, knock over one of the, the goals, pull up a rug, and start pulling up boards. And sure enough, there's all their weapons. So and I was like, how did they do that before the sidelines <laughs> showed up? It's a good question. Because just in case. That would have... Mm-hmm. That would have taken a lot of work, like, out in the yeah. open. What are you doing? Oh, uh, pyramid requires digging <laughs> holes. <laughs> out in the open. It's, it's, not, it's not regulation if there's not a big tunnel yeah. underneath. Full of guns. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Full That's of just guns. how the sport is played. <laughs> pyramid rules are weird, man. Yeah. They're very specific. But rules is rules. <laughs> um, but the, uh, while the, the people are, are getting to the, the ships and the... the you know, the evac plan is, uh, you know, in all the chaos is essentially going uh, about as well as it could. Uh, you know, a group does uh, take back the uh, the detention center, and Sam finally reunites with uh, with Kara. Right after she fucking stabs yeah. Leo. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. so good. That poor kid <laughs> is going to need so much therapy, but that scene well, is... So, so it's... it's uh, uh, something that rubs me the wrong way about this part is, um, you know, Leoben's going to leave when the, the bombs go off and Kara's like, you can't leave me here. And he slaps her so hard she dies or <laughs> passes out at least. Uh, <laughs> I really, when Anders shows up for a second, I was like, that, that body looks dead. <laughs> like, yeah, well, that he, that's punch. what he thought yeah. too. Uh-huh. And he, uh, yeah. and he like checks her pulse and everything and picks her up over his shoulder and starts, you know, fireman carrying her out of there. Um, and she starts, she wakes up and starts freaking out. I was like, put me down, put me down, put me down. And she goes running back into the apartment and he goes running right after her. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Now mm-hmm. she gets to the apartment, has a whole fucking thing with Leoben, murders mm-hmm. him. <laughs> and then Anders comes in the door. Where the fuck was he for the last like five yep. minutes? He was, <laughs> he was fighting through the cl- crowd. He's like, excuse me. He was me. right oh, behind sorry, excuse her. Me. Pardon me. Excuse me. <laughs> We see, like, and I, I, I'm not justifying this because you're absolutely right, but like, they try to make it look like he's like getting stuck behind her in the crowd and like has to fight his way through as everyone's running the other direction. But it's like, a long time. yeah, she didn't have that much of a yeah. head start. But this is very much where I say that um, Leoben's whole shtick is like to make people believe enough to act out what he mm-hmm. tells them because he like has, he, he gets, gets a hold of Casey and like, won't let her go. Uh, even though like, you know, he knows that like everything's literally falling apart around them and Kara's like, just give her to me so I can leave. And he's like, no, not until you do the thing that, you know, we talked about it. The thing I told you, uh, like he literally manipulates yeah. her into like, like giving him a kiss and telling him he loves her, which fucking yes. so, so yes. slimy. Do the thing I told you you were going to do. Like that's yeah. not, yeah, that's exactly. not really predicting the future. Nope. That's, that is not how mm-hmm. prophecies work. Uh, I mean, Alosha could have written a better <laughs> prophecy than that. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. Um, but, but 
she gets a, like I don't know if it's her knife or if she like sneaks it away from him or whatnot, but gets him right in the Ugh. gut and just twists like, it. Twists she, it. Oh, it's so good. Oh yes. I thought they were setting us up though for Anders to come in while the two of them were kissing, and that Anders was gonna like leave her there. <laughs> like yep. that was gonna be enough for him to be like, yeah. Well, fuck you then. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, I love because he's like. Was it everything you thought it would be? Or she mm-hmm. says that, and he said that and more. I'll never forget this moment. And she says, neither will <laughs> I. And she's, and she's just like shredding up his insides oh. with a Bowie knife. <laughs> Love her. Good for her, though. Yeah. So she and Andrew, Andrew walks in, and she's covered in blood and has a child. <laughs> He's like, uh, and she's like, I'll explain she, later. I'll explain later. <laughs> fucking starbucks Uh you know what i i like about this whole um this whole uh story arc here is that for once starbucks not the one saving the day Mm. like it seems like Mm -hmm. that's a very typical thing is like starbucks saves the day she does something crazy and saves the day and this time she really had nothing to do with it. No. And I think that's really cool that, like, we got to see, you know, someone else save the day for once. Mm-hmm. Even though it was a Cylon. But it was a, it was a pyramid player. <laughs> I was talking about Colonel Ty, but okay. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he's great. Actually, it was, a, it was a Cylon. It was Sharon. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was Sharon the um, Cylon mm-hmm. and Colonel Ty and Galen Tyrrell. All uh, but, and and Anders, uh, you know they all they all made this happen, and and uh, you know Adama I guess did a little bit too. <laughs> he did a little. Um, while trying to find Deanna to prevent her from setting off the nuke, uh, Caprica and Gaius find uh, a dead woman and a oh, not okay. dead baby. Yep. And how lucky is that? Six. Well. Head six, who we see for the first time mm-hmm. at the same mm-hmm. time as Caprica, yeah, damn it. Uh, disproving our our download it was a good theory. Good fucking theory too. Uh, I'm bummed. It, it was a good fucking theory. I totally threw you <laughs> yeah, off with damn that one. It. <laughs> Sneaky. Um, but that means we still don't know what nope. she is. I'm starting to feel um, like maybe we just never but, do, and I'm going to be a little frustrated. But I watched Lost, so I can. I said loss. Yeah, so I watched you, Lost so I can deal with ambiguity. I just said, I, I, I feel like you uh, can, can handle any kind of weird bullshit <laughs> in a sci-fi show after that. Yeah, like how they were dead the um, whole time. <gasps> no, they were. <laughs> um, but uh, Head Six recognizes the baby and she's like, it's a miracle. God spared her. And uh, Deanna wanders up and she's like, Oh my God, can I hold her? And <laughs> just the initial reaction on Guy's mm-hmm. face to like, uh, no. no. <laughs> but he lets her. And Dana's just like, huh. And then just walks away. <laughs> and Guy's like, what What the fuck? Like, and uh, Caprica tells him, like, she's not going to set off the nuke anymore. It's okay. Come on, we have to go. And uh, they all wander off into the sun- sunset together. <laughs> uh, Six and Deanna and Hera and Gaius to go uh, live on the rest of their their days in peace <laughs> in in the, the Cylon uh, ship. I don't I don't know. <laughs> Feels like a really awkward place for like those particular characters yeah. to end this arc. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they just they just walk away. I'm like, all right, well, it, it is odd. It's there's a very now, like, and now what? happen yeah so so Gaius is gonna end up with the uh the Cylons mm-hmm. after all that's that's an interesting twist huh um, now like, I want to talk about Laura Roslin for a minute because mm-hmm. she also has some extremely good moments in this episode mm-hmm. yes yes she does um, she and, and Tom Zarek are fleeing towards the ships to get away and <laughs> um and he's like, he's like, here, come with me. My ship's over here. And she's like, no, no, no. Mine's over there. And points the colonial one. <laughs> and he calls her out for being dramatic. So good. She deserves it, man. So good, yeah. though. But she then really- I love it. Like, she gets 
on Colonial One and gets back in the seat behind the desk, like, and she's like, okay, I'm ready to go now. <laughs> yes. And there's like just a bunch of like disheveled and dirty and soot covered, like tired people who are, you know, scared for their lives. And she sits down at her desk and just kind of shuffles some papers, <laughs> takes out takes out her notebooks and places them on the desk. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> I love her so much. I do think, though, it's a bit presumptuous of her mm-hmm. to just assume she's president again. Yeah, that's because a point. I don't think that's how that works. No, I think. I think technically, Tom Zarek yeah. would be president. Uh huh. Yeah. That's... Well, or would Gata be president? Well, Tom was vice president. Was. Did Baltar fire him? I think he did. Baltar imprisoned him. Is that like being fired? But you don't, you don't really fire a vice president. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I don't know how colonial yeah. law works, but well, either way, I know. Uh, I, oh, I don't think. I, I think Laura assuming that she's just going to be president again. Yep. I mean, granted, I think if you took a vote now, everyone would be like, "Yeah, no, please, things were better uh-huh. with you. We'll go back to that." Um, but they haven't actually done that, so she's just kind of like, "I'm in charge again." Uh, and I'm going to, I think that's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. Yeah. She has ultimate, I told you mm-hmm. so, rights. I mean, yeah, yep. no one's going to deny her those. At least I'm not. Mm. I would never deny her anything. No. <laughs> um, but yeah, so on the, the Galactica hangar deck after mm-hmm. we see the, uh, the civilian ships all, uh, jump away and, uh, just in time, the, the uh, Pegasus's, uh raptors arrive on board the Galactica. Uh, all of the fighters make a, uh, a, a combat landing, and the uh, FTL drives come back online just in time for them to jump away to safety. And uh, everybody uh, gets the, their joyful uh, reunions as they're like, you know, just kind of hang out. We'll figure out where to put you. Uh, and, you know, Lee and uh, and Bill get uh, mm-hmm. get get a, a just a beautiful moment that the kiss you uh, alluded to earlier. Where it's like, I guess you could guess you didn't read my orders. <laughs> Never could read your oh, handwriting. <laughs> oh, that's when it is. I thought it was over the wireless. Yeah. That's why I said it so early. Now I was here. Oh, this my scene. bad. Um, I didn't mean to jump so far ahead. Then I'm sorry. That's all right. It. I mean, it's still relevant. Yeah. Um. And then we hear a voice from uh, the background, permission to come aboard, sir. And uh, it's, it's Ty. Kinda, he's being helped down from the raptor with his cane and his eye patch. And permission granted. You did it. You brought him home, Saul. And then he breaks our heart for the second time this episode when he goes, not all of them. Oh, God. Oh, my gosh. And... I think I gave myself I chills think, just yep, now. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I am uh, misting up. Yeah. Um, and I think Bill realizes oh, immediately yeah. what he's talking Absolutely. about. Absolutely. Is you know not only is Ellen not with him, but like Saltai is such a like gruff and tough man that like if he lost soldiers, which he did, he it would have been more of a like not all of them, like just kind yeah. of a uh, like. A resigned, but like, you know, this is what we had to do. But like when he breaks there, oh, it's so hard to watch. Like, he, he looks like he's going to break down crying. And it's, oh yeah. I, again, Michael Hogan, fantastic acting. He's it's so heartbreaking watching him in this episode. And, yeah. And it's compounded by the fact that the people who didn't just have to kill their spouse <laughs> in order to... Uh, you know, keep the, the the fleet safe. Uh, start chanting Adama's name and like cheering for him, and like kind of drag him away and like do the thing where they lift him up on their shoulders and they're all celebrating. And you see Ty just kind of slowly walk out of the hangar deck, mm-hmm. and like you see a few few of the people who can like were in the thick of it, the, the leaders of the insurgents, all just like standing there, like just exhausted and broken also fuck you all we got you off the planet yeah like (laughs) um there's one more thing that we got to touch on so uh we've got we've got kara and anders there on the uh 
on the hangar deck, hold, and Kara's holding uh, Casey. And she's about to introduce Casey to everyone <laughs> when some just fucking random woman comes up and goes, oh my god, Casey, my daughter, you saved her! And Starbucks just like, the fuck? What? <laughs> And, like, she does a good job of holding it together and, like, hands the kid over and is like, yeah, of course, I saved your kid. But the whole time she's just like, Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. <laughs> Fucking Lee Oban, just, my God. This is why I say, like, he, it, like every bit of that was meant to manipulate oh, yeah. and break Starbuck. And uh, even, like... Even getting killed for what, like a seventeenth time, uh, and you know, with the the colonials escaping, I don't think Leo Ben's done fucking no. with her head. No, that seems like he, he was designed specifically to fuck with Starbucks, and that's his his only goal in life. Yeah, his only purpose, like dude, has dedication. Yep. I will give him that. But yeah, what a you think part of her's got to be relieved, what? right? Like a big part of her. Like, oh, absolutely, but also, like, yeah, what a mind fuck. Yep. Because like, she was just starting she, to, like, accept, like, I'm a mm-hmm. parent, this is my child. Exactly. And then suddenly exactly. it's like, no, just kidding. Yep. She had just, uh, just accepted that. Uh, and speaking of accepting things, uh, Tori is trying to accept responsibility for losing Maya and uh, Isis, who we know as Hera. Uh, and she's like, I'm, I'm so sorry I, I let you down. And the president's like, no, you didn't. It's not your fault. This, this is bigger than all of us. This is life. And that's Again, it. what a leader. And scene. Yeah. That was... Andrea. Yeah. How you doing? <laughs> How you Man, doing? that one wiped me out. I... This is absolutely unequivocally my favorite episode of this show so far, um, and one of my favorites of of any show at this point. Um, most of my favorite episodes of my favorite shows are the ones that make me cry the most. So, and I don't think I, <laughs> I was either, like, uh, what's the word? Sad, sad crying or happy crying? Pretty much opening yeah, the whole to episode. closing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I was only, I was half surprised, I should say, not only, I was half surprised at the uh, handing off of Casey, first of all, so quickly that that gets revealed. And also, Mm -hmm. I know we talked about the possibility of it not being, of Casey not being all that, you know, we, all that Leoben said, but I had kind of thought we might find out that she was still Kara's kid, but that Leoben wasn't the... Father, um, so that was that was interesting. Um, yeah, what a show! What a show! Any new or revised theories? Well, we already talked about my favorite theory being uh, sent sent packing. That's not it, but that theory doesn't hold water anymore. So. Um, We've got to figure out what the hell is up with the uh, head six and head Baltar. Um, I'm yes. starting to feel more and more like Baltar might be a Cylon. Um, I know I've been thinking, I keep mm. going back and forth with that, but I can imagine a scene later where because he's there with just the Cylons, another Baltar comes walking out of somewhere. Um, and also the fact that when they were on Earth in the first place, Caprica 6 wasn't trying harder to get pregnant. Um, lends credence to that for me. Though I don't know what good it would do the other Cylons to continue to treat Baltar like a human if they knew. But I don't know. Um, Maybe they need him to not know still. Right. Yeah. That's the only possibility other than... Not all Cylons knowing who all the other Cylons are, but I just, I don't, the more and more we watch, I don't know how that could be the case. Um, it is a little frustrating that we're now more than halfway through and still have five Cylons to, to find out Yeah, about. I think we're going to get one soon, right? I, I feel like we're due for one, and I think it's going to be Baltar. Um, I actually don't remember when the next <laughs> yeah, one I don't either. is It could revealed. also be, now would be a good time to give us... Uh, some revelation about Ty 
because I thought there was a chance we were just going to see him break off and like send himself out the airlock. <laughs> I mean, we got almost two seasons to go, so. I just wouldn't be surprised if we lost him just from like grief alone at this point. And then we meet a new tie, um, maybe without the eye patch. And then there's like some fun <laughs> joke about how you regenerate, you get your eye back. It's like Animorph regeneration. I mean, you mean, you mean tie patch? Uh, there we go. I did mean tie patch. Because he's a Tylon? <laughs> well, that's going to do it for no. us this week. Thank you so oh, much for tuning God. in and listening. <laughs> now that we've, uh, we've safely gotten the people off of the surface of New Caprica and uh, hopefully sent the Cylons packing for now, uh, we're going to restore the, uh, the rifle order, get the, the president back in, uh, in office. It's about time. And, uh, yeah. Well, uh, we're going we're gonna to spool up our FTL drives and jump the fleet away to a safe location. And we will see you there next week. So say we all. So say we all. So say we all. Begin jump prep. We're leaving. We'll be back. Start your prep. Set Condition One is a Night Shift Radio production. Visit nightshiftradio.com for more information.